0: Welcome to the ExpatCast. This is the podcast where expats share stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to feeling at home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and when I teased this week's episode at the end of last week's episode, I mentioned that it was going to focus on one thing that I am very thankful for. And that's because it's Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there! I still love Thanksgiving as a chance to step back and look at my life and think about what am I thankful for? And I definitely have a long list of things that I'm grateful for this year. One of them is taxes. <gasps> taxes, you say? What? Who's grateful for taxes? <laughs> okay, fair point. Um, I guess I appreciate and I'm thankful for the services and programs that are enabled through people paying their taxes. Uh, maybe a little bit less thankful for the part where I actually have to pay taxes. But I am thankful that I found this week's guest. Her name is Natalie, and she is from Silicon Valley and lives now in Vienna, Austria. And when she moved abroad, she experienced a lot of frustration with how complicated it was to file her taxes as a U.S. American living abroad. Not only was it complicated, it was really expensive. So Natalie actually developed a software that would make this whole entire process, first off, cheaper, second off, easier, and third off, completely targeted to expats. So suffice it to say, I was really excited to find Natalie and to find her service, which is called My Expat Taxes. In case you didn't know already, if you are a U.S. American and you're living abroad, you do still have to declare your income tax. This is something that I learned after moving abroad and it always perplexed me and also the idea of filing taxes just stressed me so much that I ignored it for a while. (laughs) And I talk about that in the episode. But when I finally sat down to actually deal with all these things, I had so many questions and Natalie came on the show to answer them all for me and for you guys. The thing is, Natalie is not giving this advice as formal legal advice. This is just her taking time out of her day to help share the expertise that she has collected through running my expat taxes. So keep that in mind as you listen to the episode. I have to say it is jam-packed with helpful information and there's so many nuances that have to do with expat taxes. This is something I never fully appreciated and knew until talking to Natalie and so I'm pretty confident in saying that you guys will also learn something new. And Natalie was so nice as to offer a discount code on her service for listeners of the Expat So stay tuned to get the code information and to learn all of the tips and tricks regarding U.S. taxes. Let's kick it off.
1: So my name is Natalie Goldstein, and I am from San Jose, California. I kind of hate telling people I'm from California sometimes because they imagine, like, the beautiful beaches, and you see that light in their eyes, and I have to bring them back down to earth and go, no, the Silicon Valley side, where people just really work a lot. (laughs) But anyways, that's where I'm from. Now I live in Vienna, Austria, and I've been there since March 2015.
0: May I ask, what brought you over to Austria? So I think most people move because of love or work. I was very fortunate to have
1: both. So primarily I moved to love. My husband is Austrian. And at the time I worked at a tech company in Silicon Valley. And when I decided to jump over to the other side of the pond, that company helped me relocate to VNS. So it just worked out.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And we're here today to talk about U.S. taxes and filing them as an expat. So I'm also really curious how taxes came into your life and into your expat journey. I hope the listeners don't just like sign off right now because U.S. taxes <laughs> is a terrible topic. But if you keep,
1: I promise you, I think you'll find some of this interesting. I hope um, U.S. taxes, as every American abroad knows, the IRS is still after us. The U.S. is one of two countries in the entire world that taxes citizens on their worldwide income, and it's a citizen-based taxation. So even if you don't live in the U.S., you don't work in the U.S., if you just have U.S. citizenship, or you're somehow a U.S. person, it's a green card or some other reason, then you better bet that you need to file your taxes and report all of your income and your bank account information to the U.S. every single year. This is a huge pain point. So when I moved abroad in 2015, because I moved for love, and I think that's the most important thing, it was a personal relocation, the company that I moved with said, we'll give you the job, you have to handle everything else yourself. Mm -hmm. And so unlike us, expats, I didn't have this relocation package. I did everything myself, and then I quickly found out how difficult expat tasks are, I, you know, went through a couple different firms. They quoted me everything from 500 to a thousand euros. In the end, it was just kind of a terrible process. And so, fast forward to now, I've looked to solve the problem with my extra tax.
0: Oh gosh, it's so expensive. Like I hear 500 to a thousand, and I just shudder because I don't know about you, but when I moved abroad, I, I also didn't have support from a job, and I didn't have much money at all. I was pinching pennies like none other, and if I had had to pay that much just for my U.S. taxes. I literally couldn't have afforded it. Like, that's not, that was not possible for me. And we also have to pay taxes in the country that we're living in. And there's usually fees involved with filing those. So that is outright not a possibility for so many expats.
1: It's not fair. And especially if you think about how much filing taxes cost when you're an American living in America, dealing with the same U.S. tax laws. I mean, that is anywhere between five, like $50 to $100. And so I think it's quite unfair that just because you move abroad, you're then marked as, as a special case and that people believe that they can charge you a lot more for it. I understand the complexities that come with it. Obviously, I do because my project is focused in U.S. expat taxes and it is more complex in a lot of different ways. But, you know, the main thing to realize is that expats, were not the same as people think we are I think a lot of people go oh you're living abroad you must be rich that's not the reality living abroad because we want to see the world and now it's so easy like it's so much easier than it's ever been to travel and work abroad but that doesn't mean that we're all rolling in dough and you know (laughs) paying 500 out of pocket for tax return it doesn't affect us at all like that definitely can affect most people
0: Yeah, I feel like it's almost like the wedding fee, you know, like if you say you're having an event somewhere and you tell them that it's a wedding, they automatically charge you a bunch more money. Whereas if you're like, it is a family gathering, the price is way lower. I feel like it's the same with expats sometimes, where if you throw that word in there, people are like, expat, rich, here's a more expensive fee for you, And, and all these other assumptions that come on that I'm just like, not my case, I'm sure it's the case for plenty of people. But not me, and not actually most of the people I know who live abroad. Yeah. Well, and I th- so it's interesting. It sounds like you came to taxes more through a software angle than like a, an accounting angle. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: I, I tried the software in the U.S., and, you know, we all know the popular ones. It doesn't really work for the expat case, especially in my case and most people I know, and it's just not the best user experience. And so, but I, I wanted a software because I'm from Silicon Valley. Almost everything we do is automated these days. And it's just an easier experience because with tax, especially when you don't live in that country anymore, you want to get it done as fast as possible. I barely want to think about it. And so the fact that I would have to hire someone, talk to them over email and Skype for, you know, three months out of the year to just deal with my tax return in a country I don't live in, that's ridiculous. I would rather sign into an app, fill out some questions, look at the return, make sure I don't owe anything, and submit it. That should be all that the U.S. tax fund gets from my mental capability, right?
0: <laughs> Perfect. So with that in mind, here's a question that I always have, and I wonder if you know the answer. Why the heck do we have to pay income tax on income that we make in foreign countries?
1: <laughs> Great question. It's a bit of an ironic question, because you think about the fact that the U.S. became its own country. One of the big reasons was no taxation without representation, and they wanted lower tax rates or not so much tax from the U.K., and then look at us now. We're one of two countries in the entire world that imposes a citizen-based taxation. So that's essentially what it comes from, citizen-based taxation, which means that you are a citizen of the U.S., And therefore, your worldwide income is always subject to U.S. taxation. And one thing I do want to make clear is that, yes, your income is subject to U.S. taxation, but there are a lot of expat tax benefits. So please don't think that you will end up paying double tax. It's actually quite rare to pay double tax, and we'll get into that more later. But but you do have to file and report it twice, which is quite annoying.
0: I heard a rumor on the street that I would love it if you could confirm or debunk, which was that the general rule of thumb with filing your U.S. taxes is that if the country you live in is already charging you more for the income tax there, then you're often not required to pay that to the U.S., but then if you're, other, if you're a new home country where you're have, paying income taxes lower, then you might have to. Is that true or is that a rumor? it's true but we're missing a few details at the end so yes generally if your resident
1: country your host country has a higher income tax rate then that means you have more foreign tax credit to use you have more income tax that's paid in a foreign country to use to offset your u.s taxes that's always great because you end up not owing so much more but there's a couple issues with this because Going into it a bit deeper, there are different categories of income tax, so even if a European country may have a high, higher salary income tax rate, they may have a lower investment income tax rate than the U.S., and so it can get a bit tricky there. And then on the other side, you're living in a country that doesn't have a high income tax rate or they don't have income tax at all, but you're only a salaried employee and you make under the foreign earned income inclusion maximum threshold of Next year, it's $105,000 about. You can exclude that from U.S. taxation. And so it, it depends. The right answer is it's complicated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like taxes in America have always intimidated me, and they are this much more intimidating to me now that I am living abroad. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can talk about what taxes we're even talking about here. So federal income tax,
1: yes? Yes, federal income tax. And depending on the state you're from, there can also be a state tax. The federal income tax is always there. I think that's the most general one. Most expats don't end up filing state income tax unless they moved in the middle of the year, so they spent half, like, you know, part of the year in California or New York or another state, and then the other part of the year they live abroad. So that's one reason you might also deal with state income tax. Or if your company tends to send you back to the U.S. very often on just trips to, say, you spend about a month in California or New York or another state with income tax rates working, then that income might be subject to state income tax as well in addition to federal income tax. So generally just federal, again, it can be both depending on your situation.
0: Well, that actually almost makes a little bit of sense. Like if you're actually spending time in that state, then that's when it kicks in.
1: Exactly. I always count it kind of like a rent. So the way I think of it and how I usually explain it to people is tax, it seems a little bit of a rent, right? So if you're physically in these different states, they're going to be charging you rent for being there and working there and using their roles, etc. That's obviously not the proper way to describe it, but I think visually that's the easiest way to understand that.
0: Yeah, no, that does make a bit of sense then. And what are the deadlines that we should be mindful of? <laughs> Another complicated question, expat taxes.
1: So everyone knows April 15th is the deadline for Americans in America to file and pay their taxes. For expats, that is still the deadline, essentially, to pay your taxes, because that's when interest accrues. So the way, if you think that you're going to owe U.S. taxes, April 15th is the day you should be looking at. But if you lived abroad for X amount of years already and you, you normally don't ever owe U.S. taxes, then you're looking at June 15th. So June 15th is extended deadline. It's automatic two-month extension for any American living outside on April 15th. So you have until June 15th to file your taxes. You just have to add a statement to your tax return to say, I was abroad on that date. I qualify for the two-month automatic extension until June 15th. And then if you think you still need more time, you can always file to get an extension until October 15th. But if you still need more time, you can even ask for December 15th to be your deadline. That's why I say it's a bit complicated of a question, but June 15th is generally the deadline for expats to look at.
0: So I'll confess right now, <laughs> I, I, I was very intimidated, as said, by my American taxes, also my German taxes, and I just ignored both of them for a very, very long time and just very recently got around to doing them. So I filed well beyond any deadline without any communication to the U.S., about that so um what happens to folks like me (laughs) no stress i think a lot of people are
1: in your boat so many people file late or many people never filed at all because they just simply didn't know most of the time it's fine so the IRS is very forgiving they're very understanding if you are if you become compliant so for someone that's never filed before there's something called the streamlined filing compliance procedure and what you do is file three years That should get rid of any late filing fees or penalties and get you back on track even if you've never filed for the past 10, 20 years. So that's a pretty amazing program. And then for people that just maybe missed one or two deadlines here or there, they're a year late, two years late, if you owe tax, it's not fun because you will have a lot of filing penalties and interest charged on that. But what you can do is call the IRS or ask your tax or whoever's representing you, call the IRS on your behalf and just explain the situation. And sometimes they will waive those fees for, for the third category where you filed late for a few years, but you don't owe any tax. I mean, the late filing penalty is based on the amount of tax you owe. So if you don't owe any tax, then five percent of zero is still zero. So technically, <laughs> not too much is going to happen. But obviously, the IRS is aware of when you do file things. So once you catch up, just
0: try to stay on track. And I feel like, as said, most of the expats that I know that have reached out to me about the show and all this, a lot of us are not making big, big bucks. So would it be fair to assume that a lot of people are either not going to owe anything or are going to owe very little? For most people, you don't owe tax. So if you are a salaried employee,
1: and you make under roughly 100k a year and you don't have any other income most of the time you will not owe taxes because of the foreign earned income exclusion it's trickier when you're self-employed so even if you're self-employed and you make maybe five thousand dollars in profit there's a chance you could owe tax up to about 15 percent of that because of the self-employment tax that the u.s has if you're not registered and paying self-employment tax and insurance in your host country. I have had a lot of clients come through our software that they don't make really that much, but they're self-employed and they're not registered because they're kind of just freelancing remotely. And then they end up having quite a big tax bill because it adds up. And then there's the late violencies and the interest. And it can be a little devastating to see that tax bill end. It can sneak up on you. Or if you have U.S. investments, right? If, you don't pay attention and you have some investment accounts in the U.S. that your parents or your company set up, and then out of nowhere in a few years you get a nice return on it and you don't file, you could have a U.S. tax liability, and again, the penalties and interest can really get you afterwards.
0: Oof, okay, yeah, so that's a really good thing to know of. Are there any other exceptions or special cases or things outside the norm that people should be aware of? Like, for instance, I know a lot of people in – are sort of age bracket that went to college or grad school in the U.S. and have a little bit of student debt. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of bit of student debt. Um, so are, th- are there things to be aware of with like paying back student loans and taxes when living abroad or owning property in the U.S. or things like that? Like what are some of those special cases that we should keep in mind? I'll
1: start with student loans. So if you have student loans and you're paying your student loans back and you're paying interest, you still get the student loan interest deduction, which is great. So that's still applicable even if you don't live in the U.S. So that's something you should definitely keep on record how much interest you pay. Usually your financial institution will give you a statement to say, okay, you paid this much student loan interest. So that's one. I know there are a handful of people that tend to use the foreign earned income exclusion to get their tax returns to look like a zero, and it, it is technically a zero at the end, that you have zero income that's taxable to the U.S. And because of this, they don't have to pay their student loans back right away based on whatever the policy is with their lender. The only thing with this is that if you do do that, then you end up just delaying the problem until later. So mm-hmm. I have some people that are kind of at the end of that problem asking me what to do now. So just FYI, um, I know that that's out there, but delaying the problem is not always the best solution either. Um, In terms of property, so if you own property in the U.S. and you rent it out, keep in mind that that's U.S. source income, kind of like what we were talking about before, about working in the U.S. and that's considered a specific state income or U.S. income. If you have property in the U.S., that's also considered U.S. source income for the most part. And then if you have property abroad, that's mostly considered foreign source income. So if you have rentals income abroad you should be paying income tax in the country you have that property in and then you can use that as a credit back on the u.s side another special case oh this one i think gets a lot of people especially for those that move to love um, the filing threshold for someone that is married filing separately so that includes me because i'm not married to a u.s citizen that filing threshold there since like tax year 2018 is five dollars so if you make over 5 U.S. dollars in income as an individual that is married to a non-U.S. citizen and therefore you have to file as married filing separately because they don't want to go on your tax return, then yes, over $5 means you have to file a tax return wow. because you made filing threshold. That's probably the most interesting thing I have to tell people because it's a bit of a shocker. Yes. I thought they would... For 2019 tax year, but they didn't. They just kept it at five dollars. At least that's what it looks like at the moment, which is pretty ridiculous.
0: Oh, that's so funny. I wonder if there's anyone out there earning like four dollars in a year, being like, "Yes, <laughs> still within." I'm, I'm, I'm clear, or yeah. you know, or like
1: about to offer them another dollar myself like, no, I can't take that. I'm yeah. gonna
0: have to <laughs> Ninety nine cents, I'll take it. But anything more, nope. <laughs> Any other exceptions that we should keep in mind?
1: If you're a digital nomad, there's a lot of digital nomads out there. As great as it sounds to just get on a plane, work from anywhere with your laptop, obviously there are tax regulations that can affect this. And so I've seen a lot of things on the internet saying, hey, if you become a digital nomad, you won't ever pay any income tax because of the foreign earned income exclusion. That's true in the sense of the income tax, But then there's the self-employment tax, which is 15.3% of your net profit. And so if you are not not in a certain country and registered as a freelancer there, then you should expect to save some of that money to pay off the self-employment tax side from the U.S. So that's another one people are not always aware of. And then if you are, again, self-employed, but you're more stable in a country, it can be a little bit difficult if you decide to incorporate a company there. So, if you say, I want to, you know, for my example, my taxes, that's an Austrian company. So, then that can be considered a foreign corporation on the US side, which then triggers a couple of tax issues. So, incorporating a company abroad, the US is not the fondest of that, let's put it that way. And the last bit is if you're thinking about doing investments, just be aware that if you Make investments in mutual funds, foreign mutual funds. A lot of times, these can end up being what the U.S. deems as an interest in a passive foreign investment company (PFIC) P-FIFT for short, and this can be quite troublesome as well. But I'm really getting into the details there. It's just these are normally the special cases that get people, and you know they end up owing U.S. tax, and that's because. They're doing something that the U.S. is not a big fan of.
0: So one of the things you've mentioned a couple of times now is the foreign earned income exclusion. And I am hoping that you can give us a rundown of the definition of what that is and what that means.
1: Definitely. So if you have earned income, earned income being that you actively earned it, so it is generally salary or self-employment income, right, not investment, that was made – While you are abroad, so not in the U.S., so foreign earned income, you can exclude that from U.S. taxes, right, up to a certain amount. And so, like I said, the threshold is always around 100,000 U.S. dollars. it going up, so next year it's about 105,000 U.S. dollars in this range, right? So it goes up slightly due to inflation, but it's 100,000 U.S. dollars you can exclude from U.S. taxation if the foreign earned income. So, if you work part of the year in the U.S and you work the other part of the year abroad, and you still qualify for this exclusion, you can only exclude the part that you work abroad because it has to be foreign earned income. And income, in this sense, earned income is where you perform those services. Even if you are only on a U.S. business trip for two weeks and that trip was for your U.K. boss that pays you in pounds into your U.K. bank account, those two weeks, of that salary that you made working at the U.S., you cannot exclude because it's not foreign for income. The good news for most people is that, again, if you live in a country that has a lower income tax rate or you're doing your taxes yourself, this is usually a great benefit to you because you can just wipe out your U.S. tax liability very quickly.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm thinking of one case and I'm wondering if it counts as foreign earned. Like for instance, I've known people who, in, in Germany you have as a U.S. citizen 90 days that you can be here on a tourist visa before you need to apply for a, like a longer term visa. And I know some people who stay during that time and do freelance work for companies in the U.S. that get paid into their U.S. accounts. That would not be considered foreign earned, correct? Because it's an, a U.S. company and they're it doesn't really matter that they're doing it in Germany? without people... foreign earned. Oh, it is? It
1: is oh. It is earned basically perform the services out out from Germany, right? Mm-hmm. So even if it's a U.S. company into the U.S. bank they perform those services in Germany. The only caveat with that is that to use the foreign earned income exclusion, you have to pass one of two tests. You have to either be a bona fide resident, meaning you're a tax resident for a full year, so January 1st to December 31st of a tax year, So, you know, such in your case, you live in Germany, you are registered in Germany, you pay income tax in Germany, you are a bona fide resident. And so you can use this for an earned income exclusion. For the case that you just described, this person is not a bona fide resident because they're not technically registered in Germany to pay income tax, right? They're there on a tourist visa. So they're not paying income tax in Germany. This is where the gray area is. But if they fall into this bucket there is the physical presence test. So if this person stayed out of the U.S. for 330 full days within a 12-month period, that is applicable for that tax year, they can still include that income from U.S. taxation, but then they have to be very mindful about how often they travel back to the U.S. So it can be a bit of a tricky calculation to get down. Basically what I say is if you live abroad, you're registered you pay income tax there, you can almost always use earned income exclusion, if you're a digital nomad jumping around kind of on tour visas and freelancing, then be mindful about how often you go back to the U.S. because you have to choose if you don't want to pay U.S. income taxes and you want to be able to exclude your income from U.S. income taxes, then you cannot be in the U.S. for that long during a tax year
0: that's really good to know um, so that someone doesn't come like one day over that border without knowing it and that would be very frustrating
1: exactly and like that's where you know online apps can help you or getting a tax professional because they'll kind of give you the gist of how it works and what does that 12 care kind of look like there's some flexibility in defining the period but
0: yeah it it's a little bit more complicated when you're a digital nomad Another term that I learned when I tried your service out was foreign tax credit. What does that mean? So say that if you are paying about a thousand euros income
1: tax in Germany, you're paying, let's say, 700 U.S. dollars on U.S. taxes, then you have way more than you need to offset the U.S. income tax size. And so you would take $700 of that 1,000 euros that you already paid in Germany use it against your U.S. taxes, and then it would be, okay, you owe $700 of U.S. taxes minus $700 of credit of income tax you paid in Germany. Okay, that means that the total tax, the total tax that you owe in the U.S. is $0. And it's how the U.S. doesn't double tax you, right? And depending on the situation, there are a lot of people that actually get a refund. If you have a family abroad and you have children that are under 17, with would be a valid U.S. Social Security number and you make some money while you're abroad, there's a very high chance that you can actually get a refund from the US the US provides a family support in the form of a tax refund. And no matter where you work or live in the world, if you qualify to get this tax refund, you will get it. And they honor it, because they do support their US citizens. So that's one thing that's great about filing a tax return if you have a family.
0: That is really cool. I had no idea. Um, yeah. Taxes, it's not all bad news. <laughs> You know, people come to our
1: software and they haven't filed for a few years. They're very shocked. And then I give them their tax return and they're thinking that they're going to be owing thousands in taxes and they're so freaked out. And I go, okay, the IRS will issue you a paper check for X thousand of dollars. And people are like, wait, the U.S. owes me money and (laughs) I don't owe them money? How does that work? But again, the U.S. does have family support.
0: Yeah. I mean, from my perspective as someone who moved to Germany where there is a lot of social support i've in my head i've almost like made it black and white where like germany is always giving all the support and america never is and i know that's not true but sometimes it feels this way just because it is a oh, pretty wide difference so it is cool to be reminded of like hey no america does do things to support the social life in and the u.s and abroad so cool <laughs> yeah
1: it, it makes me happy let's let's put it that way i i like to be able to tell at least families right it's not for everyone of course but yeah. It always makes me happy. I can tell, like, a family that's living somewhere, they're not the rich expat, and so every dollar counts, and I can tell them, hey, for the 2018 tax year, you get a refund for $1,400. Yeah. That's going to be transferred to your bank account in 21 days or so, depending on how fast IRS processes it. Like, you know, it's a lifesaver sometimes. I mean, yeah. I've had people that go, I just use that money to help my kid have braces. I'm
0: like, oh, oh. that's to know. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's nice. It's nice. We we'll just keep remembering that the US is very great in many different ways, and maybe it's not always so apparent, especially because in order to get it on your tax return, it's a lot of effort right. to do it. And the US is one of those countries where if you know how to get the benefits, there are benefits, but they make it a little bit harder to get than Germany or Austria was just because they're more built up as socialist countries.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely have to say, now that I have sat down and done my German taxes and done my US taxes, it actually was easier to do it in Germany, even with German and all, just because the system is so much simpler. However, that (laughs) said, the US stuff, I had it really worked up in my head that it was going to be so intimidating. And also, I thought it would be more demotivating, because sometimes it's frustrating to do something for the US in English and still feel like an idiot and that doesn't know what she's talking about. And I've had that sometimes when I start to do these kind of taxy things because it's in tax language that I'm not versed in necessarily. So my my intimidation factor was really extra high for the U.S. And I am so glad that I found your tool and used it because it took a lot of that away. Like it was still more complicated than than Germany, I said, just because the rules are more complicated. And like you've been saying the whole time, like there's so many ins and outs and exceptions and every single case is different. And so navigating that is still, you know, it's still something, but the way you guys present it in the software was so much easier than what I was expecting. And also there's a lot of very cute icons and symbols and drawings that just made me happy as I was doing this. (laughs) I really appreciate that. And it was quick too. Like I thought I would be sitting around for hours, but my case was I think pretty standard other than having to check a couple pieces of information here or there, I could get through it really quickly and now now it's done. And now, like you were saying earlier, it is possible to to kind of get a couple years behind because life gets in the way. But now that I've done it once and I know that it's doable on your platform without it being like this thing that's going to make me tear my hair out, I definitely feel like, oh, okay, I could just do my 2019 ones right away because now I know it's not going to be this big, awful, traumatizing experience. It's just going to yeah. be like a quick, easy in and out and then we're done and we're moving on. So thank you for putting this awesome program together because it really lightened my load, I have to say. I'm so glad to hear that. That's the whole point, right? I I went through this too. It sucks. My whole thought was like, I need to create
1: a solution for myself because this takes too much time. And I realized, let's extend this and help the other 9 million expats. I mean, us Americans, we got to get together. We got to help each other out, right? But, yeah, the whole point of it is to be fast. So, like, myexpectations.com, super fast and easy. We made it so you just sign in. We really lead you through the whole process. Like you said, there's a lot of really nice icons in there because we want to make it feel fun, right? I know that sounds crazy, but I've literally had people tell me, wow, that was actually a fun experience.
0: It totally is. Like, it is it is not a thing I would ever think that I would apply the word fun or cute to, but, like, your version of taxes made it fun and cute, and I don't understand this magic, but it happened. It's real. <laughs> we
1: have the best team behind it, and our user interface wizardess, I like to call her, she's amazing. Like, she has made the whole look and feel And really the whole point is to make you feel comfortable because I, what I hate in the tax industry is it tends to be a lot more intimidating and we're intimidated enough. Like the IRS terrifies us all enough. (laughs) And so I don't think that we should be then in addition, spreading fear and making it terrible for you and making the process hard. Like our job as a tax software and a tax provider should be to take out the friction. And that's what my tax really does is to make it as easy as possible. Like, We always said when you go through the program, assuming that you are salaried, not really that complicated, it's going to take you 30 minutes or less. And then if you do have more complicated things, because we can support almost everything at this point, everything from salary, self-employment, rental income, investment income, pension, social security, if you have U.S. tax forms, if you have foreign tax forms, blah, 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 we support most of it. And so, obviously, if you have a lot, it's gonna take you a bit more than 30 minutes. But the average expat goes through and just zooms through, and they review everything at the end, and then you electronically submit it, and that's done. Because you don't live in the country anymore, why should you give it any more thought than maybe a total of an hour? Right. That's all that makes sense
0: for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, the things that took me time to look up were my visits back to the U.S. because I didn't know or expect that that would be something I would have to log. But they did ask for specific dates of when I visited. And so I had to look up my my flight records.
1: So that one slows down a lot of people. And it's for the foreign earned income exclusion, because as I alluded to before, the U.S. wants to know when you were in the country they want to know what kind of trip it was because if it was a business trip then what they expect to see is how much money you earned on that business trip and that money should not be included in the money that you include as foreign earned income exclusion money so oh, that's the whole gotcha. reason gotcha. so yes also annoying but once you do it once you realize that's important so that it's following your you store everything in an easy to find place
0: and another thing I wanted to ask real fast, I wanted to ask what it is with the foreign bank accounts, because you mentioned that earlier and I think also in the software you have to check. So what are what are the things that people need to be aware of about declaring or including information about their foreign banks? If you have any financial account,
1: bank account, pension account, or even life insurance policy, that's a whole life insurance policy that has a cash value at the end. So basically you can get money from it or different investment accounts whatever, any financial account that is not located in the U.S. compared to a foreign financial account, you say, I have a bank account in Germany, and the maximum account in that year was 5,000 euros, and then I had a pension account in Austria, and the maximum of that account was 4,000 euros, if you just add those two together already, I'm over the 10,000 euros threshold for the most part, because in euros, you have to convert to USD, and so if the total of all your different financial accounts outside the U.S. is over 10000 U.S. dollars. You have to report every single one on what's called an FBAR And that is reported not necessarily to the IRS. There is a form for the IRS if you have over 200000 U.S. dollars in all of these different accounts. But if you don't have over that, then most likely you just file the FBAR And that's to the U.S. Treasury. And so on that account, you have to have your bank account number, the financial institution address, and how much was the maximum value in the account per year. And if you owned it with other people, who did you own it with? And it is a lot of information. It's quite invasive, I know. But the good thing about the form, is purely informational. Because I know a lot of people freak out, going, oh, my God, are you going to tax the money in my bank account? Should I, should I hide my money? I'm like, no. You don't need to hide your money. you <laughs> under a mat. Like You are taxed on your income tax return." This is just an informational bank account through And this is just so the IRS can kind of keep tabs to make sure you're not laundering money. Because, of course, everyone thinks that if you're an expat and living abroad, you must be rich and somehow laundering money. Even though that's just not the case. Man, the if
0: only best. I had money to launder. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? So anyways, this is just purely
1: informational. The fees are pretty steep because... This is the flip side of it, is that every time you open a bank account or someone investment an account abroad, normally that financial institution will make you sign a million pieces of paper because they'll see your U.S. passport or they'll realize you were born in the U.S. and those are any of your U.S. social security number. You have to give authorization to the IRS to check these accounts, blah, 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 blah. What happens if your bank accounts abroad or the financial institutions abroad will report that information to the IRS or the U.S. Treasury and that you have to also self disclose that information. So, if it ever comes time that they really check all the data and they realize that you should have disclosed things that you didn't, then the fine is up to $10,000 per missed FR. Wow. So that's a lot of money to get a bill for. And it's really steep. And again, it's because they built this to prevent money laundering. And so they think that if you're not reporting it, you're money laundering. Yes. So, about my taxes, that is the only tax software for US expats or US taxes. So it's not going to ask you a million questions that aren't relevant to you, and that's why it's so fast, easy. We charge 149 euros a year, so that includes your federal return and your FBAR, which is really the cheapest you'll find on the market, and we did that intentionally because I think it's ridiculous to have to pay more. Behind the service, it's an online platform, but there's people, there's me. I read through the cases. I'm always there to help people. I'm a certified tax professional. My team is always there because we understand it's terrible and it's scary. And so our main purpose is to get the scariness out of it and just say, hey, we have to deal with it. Let's make it as bearable as possible and even fun, as you mentioned, we try. (laughs) If you're listening to this, you're interested because you realize how annoying it is, or I freaked you out because you're now saying, oh, God, I have to do my expert (laughs) taxes." Don't worry. Like I said, we handle all situations, whether you've never followed, or you file regularly, whatever income you have. And we do have a promo code for you, so you can use XTAPTAP. Nicole will write it in the description, and that will get you 10% off. So, of course, little treat for all the listeners, because, you know, we got to get it done, Let's at least make it as fun and easy as possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so Except grateful that you guys are fun. offering that, and I really hope you guys definitely give it a try, because first off, as said, that price is much better than anything else that you can find the process is actually genuinely easy and weirdly fun which is the nerdiest most adulty thing to say but it's true (laughs) and if you do have issues like natalie said like there are people behind this and and yeah i mean it's all in english and you guys took a lot of, of the intimidating tax language away or have like explanations for it so it's really user friendly in just about every sense of the word so Thank you guys for giving us the promo code too. So XPatcast, we'll link to that in the show notes. But before we wrap up officially, we do have our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round where I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. So Natalie, are you ready? I'm ready. What is your very favorite wintry drink? latte, but that's not just a winter drink. That's all season round. Oh, yes. Praise hands. So true. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite or most recommended day trip from Vienna? Hallstatt. It's so pretty there. And finally, what is the thing that you miss most about winters in California? It's not snowing. <laughs> you haven't been converted to love the snow yet? <laughs> no,
1: I don't like the cold. It, it was so cold today. I was like shivering.
0: You can take the girl out of California, but you can't take the California out of the girl. (laughs) Fortunately
1: not. Not when it comes to the weather. So I'm dying here as it gets
0: colder. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. As said, we're going to link to all of the things in the show notes. So the website is myexpattaxes.com, correct? Correct. myexpattaxes.com. Super easy to find us. And there's also some social media accounts that we'll link to as well as we'll write down the the promo code as said. So definitely, listeners, go check it out. They're the best. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing all this great information. And thank you for making this wonderful and helpful tool. Of course. Thanks for having me. And it's a great show and happy to be on it. One more huge thank you to Natalie for coming on to the Cast, And I appreciate you giving our listeners a discount code. So don't forget for 10% off, type in Cast when you're checking out. That information, as well as links to my expat taxes, you can find in the show notes of today's episode. You'll also find links to our social media. So you can go ahead and follow the Cast on Instagram and on Twitter. If you found this episode helpful, please help us out by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts podcasts or your podcast app of choice. I know I thank them every week, but I really truly am thankful for Amy Buggy, who designed our wonderful logo, and Sidehug, who made our theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week, we'll be back in your show with a really fun episode comparing German and Austrian cultures. But before then, I'll be back in your feeds a little early with a surprise announcement about a very exciting project. So we'll talk real soon. Until then, have a great week. Cheers!